Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. So funky. <laughs> Welcome to a new episode of Small Doses. So we have been having just just fabulous conversations, fabulous conversations. <laughs> and, you know, the show used to really just be me talking for like an ex, just an exorbitant amount of time, just pontificating about all types of things. But we have been bringing in folks to talk about things that I don't know. Um, and there's a lot of things that I don't know. So it just feels like we have just an expanse of guests. This individual <laughs> that we have on the show today. Um, you know, the streaming world, I think a lot of people take for granted who are not necessarily like in the world of creating content. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, like now they got this streamer and this streamer and this streamer. Even the term streamer may not be yeah. one that a lot of people are familiar with. But when you look at Netflix or when you listen to music on Apple Music, these are streaming platforms where they're using the fiber optics of the world (laughs) to bring you content. And this individual that we have on the show today is not just a comedian, but a a streaming (laughs) maverick. Okay? (laughs) An an entrepreneurial explorer... (laughs) And I want you to welcome Mr. Kev on stage to the stage. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I'm very glad to be here. I really appreciate the reach out and the platform sharing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm a fan. (laughs) Thank you. As am I. I sent you like a message to your Kev on stage Instagram. Um, Well, no, to the streaming platform Instagram. Oh, did you? Yes, and I don't know. I don't think anyone ever read it. <laughs> you know, that's me. I I <laughs> run the Instagram on that, and most of the time, I'm well behind on messages. I don't really. I have. I have a bad habit. I don't really check DMs. Well, I can uh, read it to you. I sent you a message to Kev on Stage Studios. Please, please share. And the message says, "You're an inspiration, and I appreciate your earnestness and the lane you're carving out." It is brave and giving me the extra boost of courage I've needed to do the same. Really? And then I gave you a black power fist emoji and a heart. <laughs> Thank you. I've never thought of it like that. I didn't really think of uh, helping other people find their courage. That's what doing shit does. That is true. I, I find inspiration in people doing that all the time. I mean, listen, it, it, what it really said to me is, oh, you don't want a streaming service. Uh, <laughs> Listen, and if you make that choice, it is a wise one. <laughs> it's because, like, oh, man. You, you thought. It's like once upon a time, I thought I wanted a nonprofit. And then right. several people were like, no, you don't. Bitch, go paint. Like, do tell jokes. Make shows. Like, don't do yeah. this, please. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's not for everybody. And that's okay. But I think it's really, imper- it's really imperative that people know that 
So you are a stand-up comic and you've yep. been creating content and, you know, individual content and content with other folks, but then you decided to launch Kev on Stage Studios. So before mm-hmm. we get there, can you just give us like the road to that? So the interesting thing is I can honestly tell you it was not a dream to have my own streaming service. What actually happened is I all I really ever wanted to do was make my own like independent movies um, and maybe sell shows to Hollywood. And my brother, who also is my manager, he brought this to me. He was like, yo, we might have a way to create our own like, you know, our own Netflix is what he said. We might be able to have our own Netflix and we might be able to do more than just make movies. We might be able to do, you know, the, at the time I was doing Keep Your Distance, which was our live uh, comedy show during the quarantine. He was like, we could do live events. We could do shows. We can do like our own whole thing. And I was like, huh, I, I'd only kind of wanted to make movies. But obviously that's a an arduous process, which, you know, you has very you know, little if you're great. Yeah. <laughs> you take maybe one a year to a year. You know what I'm saying? So this uh, is a fairly like, recent venture. This is, we started, official launch was Christmas of last year. Okay. Yeah. So we started having the conversations around uh, around June or July last year, kind of meeting with the, the company who built the, the site for us and things like that, and kind of weighing the option, because it was like, it was a pretty big I was gonna say, amount that's some up front. Guapalina. Yeah. <laughs> to even like start building it, which was going to take 90 days before you could even like test it you had to pay up front so my wife and i had to have a lot of conversations about like fam like if you want to do this there's other stuff you won't be able to do what were those kind like what's something you feel like you had to give up uh we were going to buy a house uh and we were just like you realize like you cannot do that or you can't buy the house that you want like you're gonna have to not and there's some money that you were saving for a rainy day. It's now raining. It's raining. So you're gonna have to like invest a lot to start, and you're gonna have to potentially invest more often for years before it works. Uh, but you know, my whole kind of outlook on life is I can live with failure, I cannot live with regret. So nice. I have no problem if this fails wildly. I've failed at plenty of stuff. So I'm okay with that. What but are some I can't things be- you failed at? Oh, my God. <laughs> Losing weight, getting in shape, working a nine to five. Uh, I remember one time in Hollywood, I was trying to renegotiate. This is my kids were in the industry. I was confident renegotiating their contract. They should pay us double, triple. Came to the table to negotiate. Not only did they not pay us, they ended the contract. And I was like, well, that was not... <laughs> One of my anticipated, I, I thought at, at worst, we get the same. I never thought you would take it away. So I failed at negotiating okay. um, a lot of stuff. So this, if this fails, it's just, it's another notch in the old failure belt. But I would have done a lot and learned a lot. So I'm okay with that. So when you, do you feel like you would have gone down this road had we not ended up in a pandemic? Probably not. And that's the crazy thing. Like, I think... No coronavirus, I would have marched down the same path. I would have been doing stand-up and doing tours, taking that money, saving it, making movies. But because I was home so much and I saw how much content people were creating and I saw that kind of like lane, you know, they say in business, the most important thing is timing, you know, striking while the iron is hot or striking at the right time. And I honestly saw Quibi failing and where they failed and how they failed. And I saw like, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Well, no, I'm going to ask you to explain to people what Quibi is because that's their, that's some inside baseball shit, but I was there oh, with yeah. you. I was looking at them yeah. like, oh, that's a bad <laughs> idea. Uh, Quibi was a very short-lived, <laughs> short-form content uh, company. Uh, it only lived on your phone and no, no video was supposed to um, exceed 10 minutes. And you couldn't share it with, uh, you couldn't like look at your your phone, I mean, your laptop, your computer, and nothing was only on your phone. And they had every celebrity in the world, top A-list talent. They had $6 billion. I was on a and show. They left. Were you? <laughs> I did an appearance on a show. Oh. <laughs> I hope you don't take that personally. Then. I don't. They actually turned down a show that I pitched them because they were like, we're just not sure how it's going to be funny. And I was, and in my mind, I was like, I'm not sure how this is going to make money. But right. <laughs> But again, but we trying and, shit. And so. Here we are. And six months later, it was gone. And to our credit, we've at least lasted longer than Quibi with much less money. So, uh, so I'm very happy. But no, we weren't going to do this at all. But um, I thought uh, because my experience, I worked at All Deaf for four years as the head of content there. So I had a lot of experience creating uh, content on a budget, you know, and stuff that could look great. Uh, so and my business partners were amazing at making amazing content. So I was like, I never thought I was going to do this. Never thought I could do this. But all things are pointing to this might be something for me. Because one of my things that I like to do is give other people opportunities. I like to help people, you know, everything from their first reel to their first show to their first real acting gig in L.A. And this, you know, and I used to do that a lot at All Deaf. And this has given me an opportunity to do that on a grand scale. And also, I suck at pitching. And everybody in Hollywood was telling me no. So I was like, and I'm going to tell you the moment that it really switched. I was pitching a show about um, black church. And the guy, a white dude, was like, ah, I don't think black people will get that. And I was like, <laughs> like, I was so like, nigga, this is my actual life. What do you, what do you mean, number one? And two... How do you know what black people will get? And it was at that moment I was like, I'm I'm really wasting my time in this city because yeah. I'm going to go crazy trying to explain to people, like, how are you going to tell me what may or may not work like you know? Like, how would you know what black people... Maybe it doesn't work structurally. You might know that. But to tell me a black man who lived this life, <laughs> and I know a lot of people live this life because we talk about it all the time, that black people won't get that. So I was like, this is... I, I just, it's not going it, to, I don't know. I just, I was having no success in that part of Hollywood. So I just was like, let me try and do my own thing. I think I'll enjoy that more. And then I'll let the people decide if it works or not. The people are speaking. Uh, it is growing slowly, but surely. Um, obviously, it's very, very, very small now, but it's it's sustainable um, and it's not like a money suck. It's it's generating income and it's growing. Our biggest problem is uh, it's hard to promote without money. Like it is hard to market when you have companies like Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus. Not only do they have, in the case of Disney, some hundred year old IP. Yeah. You know, or Star Wars, which is 30 year old IP that has baked in fans. They have literally billions of dollars to buy billboards and commercials and all that stuff. And Netflix had, you know, just billions of dollars to promote. And we don't have that. So we have to be we have to be creative about every single thing we do and how we do it and all that. So but the people are enjoying it. And that's the most important part. The people who subscribe, 
they are liking the content. They're liking what we're making and more people stay than leave. So it's it's working. So when you set forth on this venture, <laughs> what are some of the surprises that you did not anticipate? <laughs> Man, one big surprise, a huge surprise was just how much money Apple takes from you. Sir. Fam, I was like, wow. Because you have an app. Because so you for have those, an app. So for everybody listening, you can get the Kev on Stage app in the Apple store. But yes. you can also, correct me if I'm wrong, to Kev on Stage, is it KevOnStageStudios.com? Yep, yep, yep. You can go straight to KevOnStageStudios.com and get it there. Yes. Right? If you get it through the Apple Store, they take something like 30%. I mean, it's like it's 30 a, it's 30%. 30%, right? Yeah. They yes. take 30%. So I started an app during the pandemic. So I feel like people either got pregnant, got a dog, or got an app during <laughs> the pandemic. That's essentially yeah. what took place. Yeah. I, I did two out of actually, well, that's another conversation. So <laughs> I um so I started an app. SFB Society. And SFB mm-hmm. Society, ideally, was because everybody was just talking so crazy to each other online. Like, it was mm-hmm. just beyond my scope of comprehension that we had devolved, like, this far down this, this black yeah. hole. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I want an app that's, like, a safe space where there's, like, no hoteps, no Karens, <laughs> no trolls. <laughs> like, and, you know, you and, we, and you pay for the safety, right? Because you're paying right. to be in this space, and we're monitoring the space, and we're providing content. But... In my mind, I was creating more of like a Patreon. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't re- I didn't even know about Patreon at the time. Yeah. So yeah. I basically created an app thinking it was something that it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So then once we got into the throes of things and that apple starts taking a bite out of yo apple, <laughs> you like, <laughs> how does this actually Man. work? And we eventually... I mean, I recently, I just made the decision recently that we decided to close the doors of SFB Society, which is sad because it had grown a community of people. But to your point, it wasn't sustainable mm-hmm. at that point. And I'm a content creator. I'm not a community manager. Right. And those are different things. And I didn't know that's what I was really creating in that mm-hmm. way. Um, and I realized that the amount of time and effort and expertise that would be needed to do that, I didn't have myself and I didn't know where to find the person or the people who do it. So now we're doing a Patreon, but people were telling me, do a streaming service. And I was like, "Ah, ah, ah." (laughs) I'm going to do a Patreon. (laughs) And that, so when you go on the website, we make like $5 per subscription, which is, the company that that set us up, you know, I'll, I'll protect their name to protect the people, maybe not the innocent, but protect them. They made it seem like that's how everybody gets it. But the allure of having it on the App Store or Google Play Store is that when you go to those stores, you download It's just a better user experience. So most people are not going to go to your website and do it if you're saying it's on the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. And then the thing about it is you still have to pay the company per subscriber and a fee per subscriber, whether they get it on the website or through Apple. 
So now it's like $5.99, but by the time we get through Apple's, you know, their percentage and all the fees, you get like $3. And, and then I'm you like, have to report your taxes. You have to like, at, <laughs> so that's the, that was my surprise. Like, yeah. oh, this is a purchase. So there's yeah. sales tax, but Apple doesn't take the sales tax out. No. So they get 30% of your gross. Absolutely. That and you never get to see. <laughs> that you never see. And then you have to take the sales tax out of that gross and give it to the IRS, <laughs> which I think is gross. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and we're finding all this out at the same time. <laughs> We, we purchased a soundstage. So that, tell me about that. Because I, I, I was like, these niggas got, do they niggas got a soundstage? I think this, this, so, is not his, this is not his garage. These niggas got a soundstage. So my business partners and I, so I have a small podcast studio that I just shoot my podcast with. That's tiny. Um, it's just enough to fit our podcast in the refrigerator. But my business partner had to, they had to make a. So is your business of, partner your brother? No, no, no. Business partner, uh. Brennan, Tony, they're people who own the basically the production part of Kevin Stage Studios uh, is the merger between me, my wife, and my brother, and you know Tony Tahir and Angel, and the company called Transit Pictures, which is Brennan, Tony. That's their company. So we came together. Okay. They handle production and you know all that stuff, and we we I mean we all create, but they they were the production but they're the part, part of the okay yeah. So but we joined one company. So their lease was up, and and basically. We were like, man, we could do so much more with a bigger space. And also because of the pandemic, so it's not all bad, uh, businesses were closing their doors left and right. Yeah. And in the Valley, there's so much industrial space. And like in this one lot where we are, like 70% of the businesses closed in the pandemic. So when they were looking for a new space, he was like, yo, we could probably get a, a much bigger space. And then we could not only shoot our stuff. We could rent out the soundstage to yes. supplement the income. Yeah. Right. And I'm finding out there's that's much more lucrative than yes. I even realized. Right. Because you might not be able to sell a show to BT, but if BT has a show, they don't always have a place. And a lot of creators, especially black ones, they want to work with black owned spaces. And there's just not a lot of black owned sound stages. Yeah, I'm gonna rent, I'm gonna LA. rent from you. Thank you very much. We'll give you a great deal. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here so, first. <laughs> so, but we had to convert this basically warehouse into a usable soundstage, which is, you know, <laughs> sound dampening yeah. and and putting because it was just a warehouse. They didn't have air conditioning, and we're in the valley. And I'm like, nobody's gonna rent a place that's sweltering. So you got to invest in AC and servering. You got to create a green room because people were, you know, gonna, talent's gonna need a place to change. And the more office space you have, we got space for the editors. But you had to pay to convert all that stuff. At the same time, we're realizing that we're getting $3 instead of 5 And, this, you know, so all this is happening all at once. So we're almost done getting the soundstage rentable. Oh, right now? Yeah, we're just about done finishing the kitchen and outfitting the green room. We got some people doing tours. Uh, the podcast studios is, is rentable now. But the big, the big soundstage is just about to the point that we can use. We had to put a green screen in. And, you know, pre-lighting green screen, which is a huge, uh, it's a thing people rent all the time. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I had to shell, we had to shell out some money. When did y'all get your connect to El Chapo? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily. 
When in the timeline did y'all decide to also become a part of the Mexican narcotics cartel? Because this is not, because that's not like, that was money I had sitting around money. Like, that's, and now, let me tell y'all, Kev got dates. (laughs) That's why I have to be on tour all the time. And I was like, that is why. is on this fucking road. Listen, I'm going to tell you straight up, Amanda, I took one check from a weekend of shows, deposited it, and literally wrote it to pay for an air conditioner. Ah! Like, literally. <laughs> I said, man, that was six shows, and that money is right back out the door. So that's why I'm still on the road, because them jokes pay. They pay. You know, they pay, but, bro, I have a lot of stuff to pay for. So, um, and that's the thing about investing, and we don't have any investors outside, you know, right now. So I'm basically joke, 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 check, cash, bank, right? And then the the hope is at two or three years from now, all those investments start to pay themselves back. And, you know, the, hopefully the soundstage alone as a, yeah. as a studio, because we're really small and efficient, we don't have to shoot in there often to make our money. So you can rent it out for a week and all the office space. We can tell our company we have another little space. Y'all working here. This is rented out for the for the uh, for the week. And hopefully that can pay for the rent for six months. You know what I'm saying? So but you have to put the money in first to even have that as an option. So that was the vision of being able to create, have a place that we own, have a place that we can rent, have a place that, you know, our friends can come and use things like that. And uh, if it all works together, it'll be when it all works that's right. Uh, we speaking when's not if. That's right. When's not if. Uh, so we have a tour next week. Fingers crossed <laughs> that they uh, buy some dates. Because the best position to be in, and I just read this the other day, is like when somebody, because, you know, we're trying to license shows as well to other streamers and things like that. That's another part of the business model. But they don't have to buy them for us to win. If they do, it's great. It's a huge lump sum. But our business model isn't dependent on it, which makes you able to negotiate better. You can own, retain ownership a little bit better, things like that. And we make all of our shows in-house and own everything. So if you want to license it, all you have to do is agree on a price and we can hand those hard drives over to you or download them from our server and, and you, you now have a show. And I'm sure the way this industry works, you sell one good thing and then everything else is a lot easier. Oh, that's but it. that first one. Yeah, that first and one is way, tough. And by the way, the first one doesn't have to be good. It doesn't. It you doesn't have, have to be just big. Have to get sold. It just has to get sold, and then people they start looking up like the beginning of the Lion King. Like, oh, hold on, somebody, <laughs> nah. somebody sold something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, that's the whole uh, plan. So how do you all create like the content that's coming on? Like for like, not just the production company part, but I mean, like, do you all have like brainstorm sessions? Like, is there like a team of y'all that come together that decide? Because when it comes to networks, y'all who are listening, basically like they have like networks have all these different departments. They have like the marketing department. They have Mm -hmm. the business affairs department. They have the talent department. They have the development department. And the development department is tasked with choosing what shows go on their platform. Yeah. But the thing is, is that, and I know because you already had a meeting with a jackass who said to you, well, black people won't <laughs> understand that. A lot of times you meet your meetings with these people in development, you're meeting with people who they may have like a really good handle on certain spaces, 
but mm-hmm. they're not like completely versatile. And right. so, you know, like you're meeting with like, you know, two white girls who the only black people they know probably work at their job. And right. you're trying to explain something to them that is nuanced, if, but it's only nuanced to them. Like it's yeah. for, for black folks, it's completely normal, but right. it's nuanced to them. And they're just like, I don't, oh, okay. Right. Right. I really liked her energy. <laughs> I really liked her energy. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> it, it leads to absolutely nothing. Nothing. But people love to say that. I really like we're gonna find we're gonna find something to do together. Ugh. No, we're not. <laughs> Shut up. But you are your own. What I love is that you've created your own ecosystem, and so I'm curious how you guys, how your development, uh, your development department works. And the reason why I also want to call it your development department is because so Kev has been posting just his trials and tribulations of of this process on the Instagrams. And, but one of the things is that. You have to call your shit what it is. Like, you were like, you know, I have a streaming service. And I need to call it a streaming service. (laughs) I need to stop calling it my little streaming service. I need to stop calling it my little old platform, my my YouTube Plus. Call it what it is. (laughs) So I don't want to call your, you and your niggas sitting around talking about shit, a brainstorm session. Your development department. Development department. How do you all operate? We have a couple of different ways. The first level is the people in our circle. Me, my wife, Tony to here, Angel. You know, they have a show idea. For them, we're pretty much going to make it if it makes sense, right? I mean, it makes sense like we, we can actually make it. We have the money to make it or a version of it. Uh, and the other thing is right now we basically go to people that we like. And say, hey, like Keisha, for example, Keisha E, one of the first shows we made was uh, Black Heart Off Layway. Keisha E is a black actress here in L.A. She's a computer engineer by trade from Detroit. And she just did not have a lot of black experiences. She's completely black. I'm not even doing. She's she's from Detroit. She's from Detroit. She just missed like all the black movies. Like, you know, you do those tests. Like, here's 20 black movies. How many have you seen? I don't. She's seen like three. We're like, girl, how are you? Like, how do you know how to do this? Your name is La Keisha. (laughs) That is solid black name. So uh, she was where doing in Detroit this is she from? I'm intrigued now. I think I don't know. I don't know. But she I think must she's not from be from part. the east or the west. Like Detroit is so <laughs> just Negro. Like yes, you know what? But she may black. be one of those people who will be like, "I'm from Detroit," and then people are like, "You from? <laughs> right. You actually? You know, like the, the zip code outside? Uh, yes, it's like yes. what's the closest thing? I to think where? she's from real Detroit. I think she's really from the real Detroit. But she had a reasoning for everything. She was like, "I didn't do double dutch because I was a tomboy when this." movie came out i just didn't think it was dope whatever she has a reason for everything Fascinating. so she was making these little instagram uh store or uh, videos where she'd watch a black movie she hadn't seen and <laughs> review it and she'd end up going in on them because you know most movies that are 20 30 <laughs> years old <laughs> if you take the nostalgia out some of the movies aren't as good as we jason's remember lyric. jason's lyric right jason's lyric <laughs> right. jason's lyric just... so i was like yo yo hold on we could probably make a show of you like she didn't know how to braid to the head she didn't know how to cook. She doesn't fry chicken. She know how to double dutch. She doesn't know how to shout in church. I was like, we should take you and the other black people who don't. Because, you know, black people, we don't want to get killed by other black people for the stuff we don't know how to do. Right? So if you don't know how to play spades 
after a certain age, nobody will teach you. And no. now you're just 28. <laughs> and you want to learn. And we no. take it so seriously that nobody will teach you. No. So we said, this is a safe place. We're going to teach people who don't know how to play spades, how to play spades. So we made like eight episodes of that show and had a great time. People had a lot of fun making it. So, you know, we reached out to her. She had an idea. Or there's some people that we like and we say, hey, we would like to... Uh, make something with you. Do you have any pitches? We we aren't at the point of having an open pitch process because we just don't have the, the funds. funds just because yeah. development, having a whole development process department, <sighs> you have to finance that. And you know, those things come in, you develop it, it goes nowhere. Some die off at legal. Some people change their mind or get something else. So we really don't have enough to just have take be taking pitches all the time because you got to be able to track that when you pass on it. If somebody, if you make something similar, you just have to have a lot more stuff and Honestly, it's expensive to just even pass on stuff all the time, you know, or even go into development a little bit. So we have a very small group of people right now that we reach out to from here and there when we need shows. And eventually we want to have like a full scale development Mm -hmm. uh, department that is constantly taking pictures, developing them, shaping them, then making some and all that stuff. But right now we take only the best ideas and the ones that we can actually pay for, because we also have like a tier of like this show. If it's cheaper, it's more likely to get made because we can make six episodes in a day. That's easier to make than something that is a full-on scripted show that's going to cost a hundred grand to make. I mean, even if you had the best show in the world, if it costs that much, we probably can't make that just at this time. So that's our process at, at the moment. No, that's dope. I mean, I feel like there's also a certain level of trust that has to happen in that process too when you're this early in the game in terms of who you work mm-hmm. with. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's kind of how we're like, we just keep the circle small because we know like, and we also, the people have to understand, like I tell our people like, we're we're not not a huge We're not. So it's not a cash grab. Like what we can offer and most people get it. They get it. They're like, I can, I'm like, I can make your show. I can pay you to be on your show. If you're a producer, I can pay you to produce your own show. But I can't just give you a huge signing bonus or finder's fee ownership. But I'm also not going to take complete ownership of your show either. So if we ever if we're able to license it to somebody else, that's your big payday. But you come to us because you want to get it made and you don't have the means to get it made. Well, you can't come to us and like, I'm going to get a bag off Kev because there's no bag to be gotten. There's stuff to be made. There's great times to be had. <laughs> but the bag isn't. We're not the bag not place the bag yet. Place. <laughs> we are the build place, the make place. <laughs> you want a bag, go get a Telfar. You it's, got, not, it's yeah. not happening with really. <laughs> okay. You go to the outlet. <laughs> Take it to regular Hollywood if you want to get cashed out because that's just not our place. But honestly, there's a lot of people with good ideas. And this is what I learned at All Deaf, too. Some people would rather you just, most people would rather you just be straight up with them, period. And most people would rather be honest, like, hey, I, if you just tell people straight up what you can and can't do, they'll respect that. It's the it's the acting like it's one thing, and then it's, it's, the, it's the bait and switch that people don't like. People can appreciate truth, even if they don't like it. It's, it's the lies that are hard to stomach. Yes. This H-back man came here and told me it was going to cost me $400 to fix the air conditioner, and then she gave me an $826 invoice. Exactly. And my man told him. (laughs) Now, see, because I left to get a mani-pedi and he told them when I was gone, if you had just told her it was going to be 800 from the beginning, she'd have been fine. But you switched it up. She coming back. She going to be mad. (laughs) (laughs) And I was already on 10 before my second foot hit the pavement out of of the car. (laughs) Bait switch is a motherfucker. It's really dope just to hear like, 
how you guys are navigating this process. I did not realize it was so new. Um, yeah. You really yeah. hit the ground running because when you started, what, like, how much content did you create to launch with? Well, I want to take a second to shout out the stage crew. And that's my group of, you know, fans, longtime supporters, the Patreon. We've had a Patreon before we had this. And I we've see. been like, testing this stuff out. And I've been telling them, with y'all extra money, I'm able to hire people, pay people, and I'm saving this money to be able to make movies. So that money had already been being saved for something. We just converted it to the the app. So uh, because of their support and understanding, I was able to also pull them, right? So they're part of the development process as Mm -hmm. well. So I said, yo, we're thinking, I'm telling about the app. We're having secret live meetings where we talk about stuff. And they are like, it's the best. It's like market research with the people who are actually going to consume what you're, you know, making. And I'm like, I could make a show like I made the show called Kev on Everything um, with All Deaf and Facebook, where I just basically did a version of Dirty Jobs, but they weren't dirty jobs, like making coffee, rebuilding a car, stuff like that. And I said, I can make this or I can make this or I can make this. And they were like, the overwhelming thing was like, we like you with with Tony to hear an angel. We like you guys together. So what if you, you know, what kind of show could you make with you guys all together? And I was like, okay, so maybe I could take Kev on everything and add a game element and we'll call it the challenge show, the Real Comedians Challenge Show. And now we'll go out and uh, do a singing competition, something I might have done by myself, but now we have all four of us. So we go and make that and they're like, yes, this is this is what we want. This is fantastic. So we're able to fit a need. And there's some stuff that I'm working on now that I just kind of the, the benefit is I can look at the marketplace and say, there's not a show like this. And then I can make that yeah. show. And I don't have to. The best thing about it, Amanda, is probably why I would even do it, even if it, I had to go on tour and do 7,000 days a year. To not have to go to somebody else and get to their get approval. A yes. It's just like, I think this show, and even if it fails, I'm okay with that. But I can go and say, I think this show will work. I'm going to make that, right? And go, go and make it. Like my wife's making a dating show that's doing fantastic. And there's a lot of new subscribers joining. Dope. And she created that of her own volition. She was like, it's kind of the Ted Lasso effect. Like I think the tide is turning a little bit on like um, reality. Like everybody doesn't want to throw a drink in your face reality. Like people are kind of like, all right, like that's why I think Ted Lasso is doing so well. Yeah, people are like, it's no, he's like, a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Let me tell you, there was an episode of Ted Lasso where I was like, oh, he's gonna walk in and she's gonna be cheat. She's gonna be back with her ex cheating on him, and yeah. and then it didn't happen. Right. And I was like, oh, because that doesn't happen on this show. Because this is a nice show. show. It's a nice guy, <laughs> and it's a breath of fresh air. Like people want, they wanted a little kindness. So I think um, that's part of the thing that we can do as well. And honestly, to be frank, I learned, and I'm okay saying this because I know on the internet, everybody knew everything at all times. I learned about intersectionality last summer and how black men can often benefit at the expense of black women, like (laughs) directly at their expense. And I was like, dang, Kev, like, and I saw very clearly how in my life, like, oh, you've won at the expense of black women sometimes. So I was like, I need to basically pay that back, mm. right? And the way you pay that back is you go out of your way to build up Black women by, you know, doing something for them, right? My so, whole listenership right now was like, yes, Kat! Right? Yes! <laughs> right? 
So uh, the first thing I did is I hired a, a black woman co-host to host my podcast with me and I'm able to pay her. And here's where I and I had to, you know, I had to be honest with myself. I had to talk to myself in the mirror because I was being super whack. Right. I wanted to bring her on tour, but <laughs> in my my sexist mind or I don't want to call myself sexy, but it was a sexist thought. I said, oh, I'd love for Angel to go on tour, but I can't ask her because she got she got four kids. And and I realized in the moment I was like, if Angel's husband was a comedian, I wouldn't think twice about uh, asking him. I would say, oh, his, his, his wife ain't like that guy. <laughs> so why am I not giving her the same opportunity to let her husband figure it out? So I said, you know what? Let me ask her and let her tell me no. And let me treat her the same way I would a male comedian. And she was like, yep, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> and my husband will keep the kids. And her husband keeps the kids and she's on tour with me right now. So I pay her the same. I'm able to pay her the same wage that I was paying a, a, a male comedian. And that's uh, and in addition to that, invest in her and make the show she wants to make. And the same thing for Keisha and some other women that we're developing stuff. And I'm going out of my way to not do the 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 boy thing. Oh, here's my boy. What show you want to make? We boys, ah, dap it up. But go to a black woman and say, what show do you want to make? And go to them first and pay them the same or make their show with the same care that I would one of my homeboys. And and that's why I feel like I've won whether I become as big in Netflix as or not. Because I've done something that, you know, I I can live with not being a gazillionaire or flying private. I can be happy with that. I've been broke. I'm 38. I've been broke for 35. So <laughs> I still got a long time of, of, of uh, opportunity to make a lot of money. But I, I find more personal joy saying, man, let's make your show. And people being like, this is my first show. Look at it. And their friends being happy for them and them being proud of what they made and giving somebody an opportunity. And then they go off and do amazing things in life or they don't. But we were able to make something for you that you can be proud of or an idea you always wanted to make or let you act in something you always were able to do. And that's kind of the most important part of what we're doing with the streaming service. As I mean, obviously, you want to make money and we want to be able to you know, be on every TV screen, but not at the expense of doing things the wrong way. And so in terms of like the way that people like, is there a SAG media element so, yeah. to this? The Screen Actors Guild, for those who don't know. There is, luckily for us, uh, on the Hush Hush, um, we are able to do stuff with SAG New Media for almost everything. If we want to make stuff where, like, um, you, it's a lot of SAG actors, we can do those, like, micro-budget things. But essentially, we haven't run into too many people having too many issues or yeah. their agency because it's, like, it's little it's little yes. stuff. It's, it's unscripted. It's web series type of stuff. Um, but then if you actually sell it, then you have to you, yes. you go into a different thing. And then we can just do that stuff at that time. In this whole process of making stuff, I just feel like it's dope to be able to pay people to do what they love. Yeah. Like that. Like, even if it's not a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> And that's the crazy thing. And I this this is no shot to anybody. I don't book that much in traditional Hollywood. I don't really audition that much either. So I thought I thought we were paying people low for like our day rates. And then I booked a few things here and there. And I was like, hold on, you, you, this humongous company, you paying this, that ain't nothing but 250 more than we paid or less. Like I've gotten paid less on a big thing 
then even we pay. So I was like, oh, you are really paying fairly. Like, unless you're the star star, everybody else is not really cashing out like that if you're kind of lower on if the totem pole. If you're not a series regular, yeah, you're getting a SAG day rate. Right. And the SAG day rate is not <laughs> crazy. And I know people are like, oh, it may not be crazy to you, but it's crazy to us. And it's like, nah, it's like 1500 Like, Right. It's not And you crazy. work for two days. And that's what, that's it, you know, because that's, that's what people also forget. Like, if you're an actor and you don't have, like, another stream of income, then, like, that's just, that's why so many people have, like, these other jobs. But I yes. just really, I really am so astounded by how you all have just whipped this into shape because there's so many pieces to this. Yeah. The, the creative, to me, is the least piece of this. That creative is the, the only creative hurdle we have is the financial aspect, like because we're small, we just can't make everything. We have to right. space it out. But the other part, the legal part, the the, legal. the 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 app part, the when the money comes in, the marketing, like the how do you market? Like, OK, say I want to hire somebody in marketing or a social media person. First, you have to have them. Most people who are social media people, they don't create their own assets. So first, you got to be able to have the uh, a way to create the assets for them to then market with. And then if you need a mark, that's a whole, now you've got a whole team. You need three people. And we're still trying to edit this episode for, <laughs> before Friday. So like, well, that's why I still, I edit my own shit. Right. <laughs> that's why. And then you get an editor and you like, I don't really like how you edited that. Right. So that's the other thing that I had to realize. I, I used to edit everything I did. But I started doing so much that I, I just found like I can't possibly. Yeah. I can't edit everything anymore. And I that means something. One thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I one edit thing that you edit? Views from Amanda Land. And the only reason I edited it is because when I showed it to my dude, he was like, you should edit this. Uh, and I was like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm good enough. And he was like, you're, you know, like, because it's in your voice, you should edit yeah. it. Because you edit your voice. So I was yeah. like, okay. And even still, was I supposed to start editing an episode last week? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I still edit my Instagram videos. Those things that I post on social media every day, I still shoot and edit those. But all the stuff on the app, I let somebody else do that. I'm impressed. Because I get like you. Like, I'm, I'm going to get to it. Just, just give me a second. And then something <laughs> else happens. And I, I, let somebody, I let somebody focus on that who's... Whose passion is that? I mean, I can edit. It ain't it ain't a passion. And it is time consuming. Once I get in the rhythm of it, I'm like, oh, you're enjoying yourself. Why did you not yeah. do this? Why? It's like yeah. sex. Like once, yeah. if I think too hard about sex, I'm like, Ugh, it's just. <laughs> and then we're going to, okay. And then I'm going to have to, you know, I'm just. It's just, just I'd yeah. rather just take a bath. Just, yeah. But, but then once we're in it, I'm like, oh, I do enjoy this. <laughs> Every time. I'm telling you at least three out of five times after we fuck, I'm like, we should fuck more often. That was such a Larry David Kirby enthusiasm like <laughs> realization. Like, you know, it's just the whole, the clothes have got to come off. I'm hot. I'd rather just have some fruits then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the middle of a Downton Abbey binge. I'm going to go see what's up with Mary Crowley. Like, Every time. I'd just rather the, not. You, and you know what? There's someone for everybody because Devon's like, we should, but we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's how you know you found your person. <laughs> well, we don't have to. I mean, we could, but we could also, in that amount of time, we could get another episode in. You know, I'm going to go to the comfortable. gym. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> you want some food from P.F. Chang's? I got you. <laughs> yes. My last question is, okay, there, you named, okay, you, your brother, yeah. your wife, to hear Tony, Angel. That's six people. Am yeah. I missing anybody? Uh, as the Brennan as like the staff. And, yeah, Brendan and Tony also. Brendan. Okay. Oh, there's two Tonys. Yeah. yeah, there's Tony Baker and there's Tony Valentino. Okay, so there's eight people. Yeah. Yeah. Do all of y'all work on this every day? No, it's impossible. Brendan and Tony work the most on it, and then the rest of our like team, producers, post production, editors, app only, app focus. Myself, my wife, my brother, Tony Tahir, Angel, we do the stuff for the app, but we also continue to build our own brands because we have to be the ones that are keeping people coming to us so that when we promote a show, they want to come see it. You know, so um, we are talent. Most of us are just uh, like Tony Tahir, Angel, talent and producers like Angel's show. She did a show called Crafts and Cocktails on there. She split it on her YouTube and the other half on her half on her YouTube, half on the app. She created that show, produced it herself, financed it herself. Oh, like wow. we split the, she what? co-financed it. And then, um, and then she also acts in it. Same thing with Tony has a show that we're working on that is his, his own idea. So he does more heavy lifting on that show than, than others. So that's kind of how it works. But Tony and Brennan, they are all things app um, and in their own company. And Melissa and I, you know, my wife's an influencer, so she has to do that. Like we all kind of kind of generate income so that we can go back and pour that back into the app when when necessary. It's 80, y'all. That's a that's one less than the Wu-Tang. Do y'all get along? <laughs> <laughs> it takes all of us and more to 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 keep it going, but it's it's great. It's but do a, it's you such all get along? Thing. Like, do you feel like there's like a, a synergy? The eight oh, people getting along is beautiful. Well, the thing is, we we don't have to work. We first of all, we get along great. Um, but we don't have to work together all the time. You know right. what I mean? So Tony can go on tour and do his own thing. We come together, like for the challenge show, we shoot one episode basically once a month. We do something where all four of us shoot together, whether it's an improv show that we're doing, challenge challenge show. And then for the most part, we do our own thing. But we also have weekly meetings with the company. We have all hands on Mondays, leadership meetings on Thursdays, all those things. So we work together a lot, but we don't we don't have to sit up under each other. But even if we did it, it'd be fine. Because like next year, I have to take less dates out on the road just so I can Bro, please. be more present. Can you? Yeah, please. So I saw, I'm t- serious. I saw your, your lineup and I was like, what's this nigga doing? We in a well, pandemic. part of it was the pandemic. Like all my dates from 20... 20- yeah. 20 got shifted, but they got truncated into half a year because I didn't feel okay about going on the road right. until May. I still and don't. I, yeah. And I'd be like, for the most, I, this time I basically, green room stage, green room hotel. Do you bring your like, own mic? I, I don't. Please, please bring your own mic. I didn't even think They're about that. They are not cleaning these mics. I've watched it in real time. Like, <laughs> I didn't think that. <laughs> coming to the stage, the fuck am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> I'm going to tell my, uh, my tour manager, leave it, get us our own mic. And just when you do your walkthrough, go ahead and plug that in. Uh, and f- then, fuck and that. Then, I walk onto the stage. <laughs> do you bruh? really? Yes. 
and plug your own mic in? Yes. Wow. Who cares? <laughs> they don't care. Y'all clap for two more minutes. <laughs> All right. What's up, y'all? I'm here, sanitized and ready to vibe. What's up? I might have to do that. I didn't think about bringing my own Because I was at the improv the other day, and I walked on stage with my mic, and dude was like, oh, no, it's fine. You don't have to change. It's fine. No, no, it's fine for me. It's this fine. is for me. <laughs> this is for me. It's not about you. None of this is about you. None of this is about you. But I swear for Lord, if I get sick because of this, I'm going to be so mad. So I'm going to take all the precautions. All the precautions. No, I just, I'm, I'm really like... I'm so impressed also because the creative to commerce transition is incredibly difficult for an artist. Mm, Like when I'm listening to you talk, I'm just like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) You're so honest about it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, I have, so when I got to this place, this town, you know, like, like you, I have like ideas. I know I can recognize talent. Like you're just like, okay, we got to make stuff. But I t- like the admin and the corporate yeah. of things. It just, it tunes me out so quickly. And when mm-hmm. I was in music, that's what made me stop doing music. Like I mm. realized that the business made me stop liking music. So I was yeah. like, oh, I'm done. So now that I've come into this space, I'm like, yo, I'm so protective of that because I just feel like I get so tense at the idea of all of the bidness of things. So even like I have this deal with Buna Murray where we're developing shows and and putting them out there. And even that, that's like a giant step for Amanda kind. Okay. Right. Because it's, it's like, all right, we're not DIY. We're not just in the house. Like you're, you're, you're venturing into uncharted waters and, Really, to 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 see that's why I sent you that message that I talked about at the beginning because it really is great to see somebody say like nah like we need to extend further expand further and and be able to do this and I'm glad you're doing it because I'm not I I appreciate it. I just realized as you said that I was an entrepreneur before I was a comedian ah, like when I was a kid I was too I, but I used, no yeah I used to sell candy yes. I used to live I used to live on a military base I'd buy candy. At 30 cents, and then I go to school because I went to school off base and sell it for a dollar, had a great margin. And then my friend, I'll never forget, he started stealing the candy and selling his for 50 cents, and I just couldn't compete. I was like, You, you, how? I can't compete with zero. I had a lawn caring business. So I've always been in the business of, of selling something, and then comedy came later. But I also had the benefit of a team that takes the hard part and they yeah. do that part and they allow me to you go tell jokes you create shows you build relationships we'll get them edited posted quality control work with the footage and I the hard drives there. and the server I want to and that there. that's why the transit part the te- transit pictures team without them I wouldn't be able to do this with my own like me my wife we just there's not enough time in the world to to Y'all do got all kids. this kids we got kids. They got soccer. I got to take my. I got to take my son up from school today. <laughs> Both of my kids didn't take him to soccer. Like I can't do all that. I'm trying to be a present father so my kids don't join games. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we love it. We love it. You know, I'm trying to be a present parent so my dog don't join the dog game. You know, and start roughing shit up around here. And I feel like that nigga would. He heard some dogs barking the other day and was like. Arr, arr, arr. 
And I'm like, <laughs> that's not like that's not how you greet them. You knew here, bro. Like, that's easy. hilarious. Easy. <laughs> No, it's it's so, you know, Kevin on Stage Studios, folks, if you are wanting to support content that is independently created by a brother and some other black folks, then you need to make yeah. sure to find out about Kevin on Stage Studios. And I appreciate Please. you being so honest with us about the process. Some of these things I'm absolutely going to mimic in my process because the, 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 this is the thing. Far too often, black folks, we do not share our processes with each other for Absolutely. fear that, like, if I tell you how I did it, you're going to surpass me. Or if I tell you how I did it, you're going to sell your candy for 50 cents. And my candy was already overpriced. So now I can't like and I just I just feel like it's so it undercuts us it every does. time. I have a friend and I don't want to announce it before they do, but they're working on the same streaming service. Um, and they came to me because when the company was pitching them, they saw that, that they were the ones that built mine. So they called me, like we weren't even close friends yet. Like we didn't even know each other, just mutual respect. And we built a friendship over this process, but they're like, bro, do you mind if I just like ask you some questions? And I'm open book. Just quick, and quick. They didn't use the words, pick your brain, did they? No. Cause I no, hate that didn't. fucking phrase. I, Go on. Pick your brain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like if you say a man, can I ask some questions? I'm like, sure. If you're like, Amanda, can I pick your brain? No. Yeah, exactly. Same, same thing. No. So they, they were like asking questions. And I was like, my thing is, one, I know what I can do. I know what I'm going to do. Two, having more people in the space legitimizes the space. Yes. It doesn't mean, it doesn't hurt me. And oh, if I tell you, then you're going to, you might make a better thing. People might leave for me and go there. They might not stay with me anyway. Right. And also for me, it's just share. And when I tell them, they're like, I can't believe you really are like really helping us because people don't, especially in this city. I know, you know, <laughs> people don't ever want to help no. you win. And especially for free, Ugh. like, oh, I'm going to help you in, but you got to cut me in. You listen, give freely, receive freely. Yes. I want you to win. Yes. I hope you win. You more than likely will surpass me. That's fine. It has never hurt me in the past. Don't even say to, that. Because it's not even a surpassing thing, right? Like, it's yeah, really yeah. just like, your path is your path. My there path is my path. We Our paths are converging as we continue yes. on our paths. And I've been like this. When people ask me, how do you finance your own tour? I told them every website, how, how I did it. I want you to go out there and get it. Because more black people out on the road doing comedy makes it easier for black people on the road doing comedy. Yep. It makes us all easier. Like Tony uh, started on tour with me now. He's headlining his own tour and selling out. Bro, go win because you can take two other black comedians. And now instead of three on the road, there's six on the road. Yep. And then maybe somebody under you goes out and now there's nine on the road. Like I want us all to be. I want all my friends in gated communities. Right. <laughs> Not just me. I want us to be all in these neighborhoods. Uh, and that that mindset has never hurt me. It's never ever never hurt me cheering somebody on. Has, and the, this is the other thing about Hollywood. Treating people with kindness always is better because the person who was the intern sometimes in six months is the executive producer. Six the person months. who had six weeks, the person <laughs> would never book. Like I tell this story all the time. Yvonne Orji, she, uh, um, I met her. She was hustling, struggling, all that stuff. Between the time I met her when I worked at All Deaf and now... She has become a star. Issa was already ahead of me, but she's gone even farther. So you treat everybody nice. I remember, I'll never forget when I, my son worked at All Space TV. 
there was two assistants that were they worked with the executives that that recruited my kids. We moved to L.A. six months later. And by the time we got there, they had produced a movie and were running their own departments. And I was like, whew, I'm glad I treated them right. Because you never know the person who got the lunch is now ordering the lunch. You know what I'm saying? So I treat That's, everybody nice and fairly because you just never know. Look, <laughs> this is literally in my office right here. It's now, the, the day, it's supposed to be a quotable every day. But it, this was on Tuesday, March 30th. And the shit ain't changed since Tuesday, March 30th. Be exactly. nice to people you meet on your way up. Because you meet them on your way down. <laughs> Jimmy Durante, American listen, actor. Listen, and that, that, because I've, you know this business. You could be hot for a summer, for five years, and then you can be cold. And people never forget how you made them feel. Never. Good or bad, they never forget how you made them feel. So I want us all to win. I hope we all win. The last dose. Well, we are going to do our best to continue to support you. And thank you for just being a real stand-up person and sharing your story and, you know, the process. Kept on Stage Studios is now available at an app store near you. There you and go. <laughs> I wish they had a tip. I wish they had a tip option. <laughs> Listen. I am. I used to be really against that, but I'm about to create it so people feel inspired. Please give. Yeah. Please, it will go to a good cause. I guarantee you. It will. And you know what? <laughs> I just really feel like we are in a time where shit is so. Every day I see some shit that makes me be like, "Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what? <laughs> what?" This is this is the world we're in. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So yes. it is it is imperative that folks continue to create joy spaces like you've yes. done with Kev on Stage Studios. Yes. Thank so. you so much. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been an amazing conversation. Thank you for your interest and support. It really does mean a lot because this is how we get the word out. Introducing our thoughts to your audience. That is that is this is the marketing that I can't afford. So, <laughs> so thank you. Well, all I, I ask it. is that you and your wife do uh, Smart, Funny, and Black in the Crib one time. So, Absolutely. You know, We'd love to. I will We'd reach out to y'all about that because <laughs> Smart, Funny, and Black, we are all about making sure that we continue the show even in the middle of a pandemic. So We'll be there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kev. All right. Have a good day. You too. Star Bands Audio, a, podca <clears throat> a podcast network.